You're listening to Inland Edition on 91.9 KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Our guest is Dr. Jan Blatcher, Distinguished Research Professor with UCR, and she's the Director of Search. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us, especially this month during Autism Acceptance Month. So we want to talk about that. First, tell us, what is SEARCH? S-E-A-R-C-H. What is it and what's their mission? SEARCH is actually an acronym, Support, Education, Advocacy, Resources, Community, Hope. It's a mouthful, so we call it SEARCH. It's a parent autism resource center at the University of California, Riverside, located in the School of Education. What's unique about SEARCH is that it's it functions as a community university collaborative, a, a bit of a living laboratory, if you will. So families from the Inland Empire can come to us for screening and assessment services for their children with autism or perhaps at risk of autism. But at the same time, we gather some data, we're running some studies, we go out into the community to bring autism awareness and disability awareness to the community. And all of these different projects that we do are funded by either the government, certain agencies like IES or NIH, or by the state, the Department of Developmental Disabilities, which funds us to bring autism and developmental disabilities awareness to the far reaches of the Inland Empire. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. You've been doing this for a long time. How have you seen it change, good or bad? What what are you seeing that's maybe for the better than when you first started down this journey with autism? That's such an interesting question. I'm so glad you asked it. You know, when we opened in 2008, it was a slow ramp up. We opened with a donation and we were really the only game in town and certainly the only uh, center that offers free assessment services. I wouldn't bet my firstborn son on this, but I am quite certain that we are still the only assessment center that offers free services at no cost to parents, which is why fundraising is important to us. And this month, the university is, you know, on a rampage of fundraising for the university. But grants are also important to us as well. What has changed since 2008, thankfully, is that there has been more autism awareness There are other centers at other universities, but again, we're the only ones that provide these free services. We currently are on a special mission to try to reach the outermost corners of the Coachella Valley and the desert regions where there's very little access to not only free services, but information for Spanish-speaking parents, for parents who really aren't aware of what their children are entitled to in terms of autism services. All right. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the the free assessment. You've said that a couple of times. So it generally is free. Who is eligible for your services or how do people find you if they're not either a student on the campus or studying there? How are you reaching these families? Well, for one thing, people or radio stations like yourself do a huge service in spreading the word. We are amazed that people find us. Regional Center knows about us. We are constantly amazed at, at how the word gets out. Pediatricians, uh, agencies, psychologists, school people are starting to refer. 
we do have a screening process. We don't take everyone who calls us. They need to get a, a cutoff score on a well-known autism screening instrument. So we are pretty sure there's a high likelihood that the child has autism. We do not assess every type of child disorder. We're just too small and don't have the person power. But we uh, do a rule out for intellectual disabilities and we help families find themselves, find their way to regional center if the child is appropriate for those kinds of services. Currently, we're targeting children under age 10. I don't know if you've heard about our new campaign, but we're hoping next fall to begin focusing on autistic college students, graduate students, and even faculty to help them determine their diagnostic status if they've never been diagnosed before. And in the course of that, we hope to, or we certainly will, open up a consultation clinic that we're calling a two-way street. We'll be there to consult with autistic college students, graduate students, and faculty, but we're also putting together an autistic consultant panel made up of autistic individuals who will help us with both the consulting process and, and consult with us on what we do in our mission going forward. Well, we know for sure that there are many people that go undiagnosed and kind of muddle through life and careers, and they can't always figure out why something isn't working as well. And and then there's a later diagnosis, and things start to click and make sense. So that is there for sure. And I'm sure there's students on your campus or college professors that may be in that same world. But I want to ask you about who is doing the diagnosis? Is it a learning center so that you have students there that are learning how to do this? How is the assessment done? Who's doing that? We are have a very small staff. Myself, the director, and the assistant director, Dr. Catherine Stavropoulos, uh, oversee a cadre of uh, very talented graduate students who've received training in the gold standard instruments for autism assessment. And uh, we hope every year to get a new cohort of these students to help staff the center. So another reason, again, for grant funding and the importance of donations because, you know, it helps support the students who are doing a great service to the community. Absolutely. And they're learning along the way, and it's, it's a, it's a win-win situation for sure. Let me reintroduce our guest as Jan Blanchard. She is the director of Search, which is located on the campus of UC Riverside. Now, you mentioned kind of a new program that you might be, is that that you're going to be reaching out to others that maybe didn't know they were on the spectrum? And is that the goal of that a program you were just mentioning? Well, there are two goals. I mean, one is to develop a reasonable protocol to use on a college campus because most autism assessment protocols require interviews with parents, and that may not always be feasible for these young adults, and they may not, you know, they have to give consent, and they may not give consent. So we'll try to develop the protocol, research it, obviously publish it if there's an, if we can contribute to the evidence base. The second purpose is is exactly that, to to help students on campus every year, students come to us and say, I think I have autism. You know, can you help me? And we, we haven't been able to do that. So we're hoping that we will be able to raise the funds to enable us to expand the mission. 
Very good. Well, let's focus on the little guy right now. Tell me the, the screening process and the referral process. So you said you can't possibly do everyone, but what is the process so that if families are listening now and they may have just learned there, there's talk about that child possibly being autistic, what is the process to reach you to possibly have a, an assessment? They can dial 951-827-3849, or they can also email us at searchcenter at ucr.edu and, you know, leave their name and number, and we'll call back and do a screening interview on the phone. And, of course, as I said, the child has to screen as likely positive, and then we try to set up a clinic appointment. I did want to mention one other thing. During COVID, we developed a telehealth protocol, Mm. as many clinics have. And currently, in conjunction with the School of Medicine at UCR, led by Catherine Stavropoulos and myself and graduate students, we are running a study comparing the telehealth protocol to the in-person protocol. So Mm. parents who call are offered um, the opportunity to be in this study. We're trying to determine both the effectiveness of each protocol, but also the satisfaction of each. So we're allowing parents to provide what we call social validity of each of the protocols. We believe that the telehealth protocol will be enormously helpful for families that live too far away to make it to UCR. Right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Inland Edition on KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. When we return, we'll continue our conversation with Jan Blatcher. She is a distinguished research professor with UCR and the director of SEARCH. When we come back, we'll learn about the outreach and activities that SEARCH has available or provides. We'll be right back. This is Inland Edition. My guest is Dr. Jan Blatcher. She is a distinguished research professor with UCR, and she's the director of SEARCH. And SEARCH stands for Support, Education, Advocate, Research. Help me out with the last C and the H. <laughs> Resources, Community Resources. Hope. I almost had it. Let me I ask. was pretty impressed. <laughs> that was good. Let me ask, what outreach and activities do you offer to clients? With the generous help from the Department of Developmental Services in California, we have a new program called eSearch, a little catchy title, where we're using um, social media and electronic platforms, webinars, and so on to try to, re- again, reach families who, who in the old days would be invited to come to UCR and listen to a lecture or hear a presentation or a panel or watch a film. Now we're able to do that on a web platform, and we've been able to reach so many more people. So we've been disseminating information on evidence-based research, both for children entering the service system for autism as they're newly diagnosed, but more importantly, or new to the scene, if you will, is that population of children who are leaving school services, and they're transitioning into adulthood. There are just fewer services at that end of the life course than at the beginning. So we've been trying to offer seminars, um, discussion groups, highlights of research, which we call lightning presentations, to lay audiences in the Inland Empire so that they know what's ahead for their son or daughter on the autism spectrum. 
Now, we were talking about possible late diagnosis. And when I say late diagnosis, I know some people have been diagnosed at you know, 40 or 50. But I'm mm-hmm. talking about maybe some of the students on your campus and when they might say, you know, I think I might be on the spectrum. What is the kind of conversation or guidance that you provide or that SEARCH provides to them to just give them some basic guidance? Well, thus far, we have not done anything in terms of assessment with those youth because we haven't, you know, put together the correct protocol. But, of course, we would um, steer them to the Disabilities Resources Office at the UCR campus and explain to them what is typically needed to obtain a diagnosis. But regardless of diagnosis, if they're having difficulties with their professor or in classes and they're having the same difficulties as someone who doesn't have the label, that's where I think we can be particularly helpful. And, you know, Lillian, there are two last messages I'd like to get out. And one has been my longstanding interest in faculty awareness of autism. Yes. And, and that inspired the making of the documentary Autism Goes to College. Because faculty, both at UCR and at all UC campuses and across the country, don't realize that they are, they're going to have a student in their class who is neurodiverse, and many of them are, are both afraid to have a student like that in their class, some are resentful, and some think it's just wonderful and they're very inclusive and embracing. But regardless, almost no school offers any formal training for faculty in what to expect, and not just in terms of accommodations, but having them sort of respect the strengths that these kids bring to a college campus Mm. and the fact that they really are an asset on campus and not a liability. Um, And I think that that's a message that faculty need to understand and administrators need to understand. And let's face it, as a faculty person yourself, except you're in this world, but you never know what students are going to show up in your class. And so I think sometimes those that don't know enough about autism will feel okay, I don't know what to do when he starts rocking, when he starts doing this, when he starts mm-hmm. making sounds, instead of embracing it or trying to learn about it. And let's face it, all faculty, they have so many students, right? And they, they're overwhelmed, and so this is just one more thing. But I feel that if they know a little bit about autism, then it could set them up for a more successful quarter or semester, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, let's face it, people go to college, both to mature, but also to, you know, help them transition into the world of work, right? So we want students to be successful, to graduate from college and and to sort of move into the world of employment a little more seamlessly. And for those autistic college students, the dropout rates are high. And in order to maximize their time at college, we need to be aware of the academic side. I know there are a lot of programs that prepare students socially and sort of work with their social and adaptive behaviors. But as I said, again, not so many that work with the faculty on campus. Right. And if you can get that buy-in with the faculty, then it's just going to make that classroom setting so much better. So let's talk about Autism Goes to College. Tell me about the documentary. Well, the documentary follows five college students, six actually, who are either in college or negotiating college or have just graduated from college. And it has quite a bit of humor, although everybody tells me that it's a tearjerker. Um, 
I've seen it so many times. I think I appreciate the upbeat note of it. But it really allows these students to tell their own story, you know, their trials, their triumphs. They've all hit bumps along the road, and they, they share that quite openly with complete lack of filter with the audience, <laughs> which, is, which is apparent in, in one of the characters who's, who turns out to be sort of an informal comedian on the side. And it leaves the audience with a lot of questions. The five students are very different. No two are alike in terms of their autism characteristics, and that was by design. The majority of them are diverse, so we wanted to make a film that was not only presenting white autistic students, which is characteristic of almost every good autism film out there. They've never had these films that represented you know, the population of Southern California. So we're really proud of that. When the film has traveled, and I've been on panels, you know, across different parts of the country, and I ask them to bring their own students to be on the panel. It's so interesting how each one of the students on the panel identifies with one of the students in the film, which makes me realize that they do represent college autistic students quite well. But again, I should qualify, Lillian, that the film is about college-ready, four-year college-ready students, you know, competitive college students. It does not address students who who probably wouldn't choose that venue. And we may make another film that does that. We have shown this film at regional centers and to parents who have youth with mild intellectual disabilities who attend community colleges, and they've loved the film, too. So I'm glad that it speaks to them as well. If you go to the website, you'll see that we have a whole series of podcasts, and we are attempting to represent all kind of cognitive levels of individuals with autism in the podcast. We are representing all persons of color, and one of our recent podcasts is going to be with a nonverbal autistic student in college. So TBD on how that one <laughs> So very good. So the podcast is already being recorded and done? That You're already in the, that phase? We're in that phase. We're continuing. We've been funded to make even more. All of these materials are located at www.autismgoestocollege.org. And you'll want to do a whole separate radio show on the new launch on the online resource center. So I won't talk about that today. That's coming out at the end of the month, which will be a whole new innovation for autistic college students. Wonderful. It's literally an interactive website where students can sort of do a deep dive on each of the characters in the film. They can blog, they can post, they can look at a curriculum for faculty. There's going to be a lot of information on that site. And last thing I want to ask you is, um, I understand that there was some research going on with about 200 students, ages four to seven. What were you hoping to learn or what was the research about? That's a project, also a search project, called Smooth Sailing. And we're in our eighth year of that project, funded by the Institute on Education Sciences. And we were initially in the first four years studying What predicts a successful transition into the early school years for those young kids? 
And we learned a lot of things. And one of the biggest predictors was how positive and close the student-teacher relationship was. And we were funded for another four years to develop an evidence-based intervention with general ed teachers who are likely to have these kids in their class and to teach them about autism, but more importantly, the importance of developing this relationship. And this student-teacher relationship is so predictive of outcomes for kids, you know, typically developing kids. There's a ton of literature on that um, in terms of their social outcomes, their academic outcomes, whether they stay out of trouble, whether they graduate from high school. And we found that it's even more important for young kids with autism because they enter school and without this intervention, teachers report less warm and more conflictful relationships with them. And that's really not a good way to start school. Yeah, I'll say. Well, Jan, thank you so much. It's been great catching up with you. I'm so glad that Search is out there to serve our community. Thank you so much. Thank you. Come visit us anytime. Dr. Jan Blatcher is Distinguished Professor at UC Riverside and the Director of Search, serving families dealing with autism. There's more information online at searchcenter.ucr.edu. That's searchcenter.ucr.edu. Join us again next week for Inland Edition, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and 6.30 right here on KVCR. To hear this episode and past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash inlandedition. You can also listen to Inland Edition on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Or search for Inland Edition on your favorite streaming service. Inland Edition is a production of KVCR News. Support for this production, including writing and editing, comes from Rick Dulock, Sharina Wad, and David Fleming. And we get technical website and social media support from Tim Steidel, Sean Houlihan, and Natasha Coles. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.